All right. Perfect. There we go. Well, good morning. Good morning. <coughs> it's good to see everyone this morning. It's a beautiful summer day. The humidity is out. Welcome to Florida. It probably will rain this afternoon. I'm going to give you the forecast for the next four weeks. Hot in the morning, rain in the afternoon. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's, that's welcome to Florida in the summer. But, man, I'm so glad you guys are here. Um, I'm glad that I'm here. Um, I'm very excited about the series that we're going in. Um, it's going to take us through um, the rest of the summer, pretty much through August and everything, because um, I think this is going to hopefully build us and move us in a direction for this fall with the changes that are coming and with things that we want to see and all of the idea. But it's this idea about being established in our faith. It's this idea that um, it's more than just something I do on a Sunday. It's more than something I do at some Bible study, that it's a day-to-day it's a day-to-day struggle, it's a day-to-day life, it's a day-to-day actions, it's thoughts, everything. And so and if you've been around me long enough, you know that I just believe with all my heart that we can't be the church in here if we're not the church out there. Um, it, it starts out there. The church is not this building. The church is not walls or PowerPoints or anything. It is the people. It has always has been. And for us to actually live a life that's going to bring a difference to our community, bring a difference to our world, we have got to be established and rooted deep in our faith. Um, That's one of the things why we started this whole church uh, four and a half years ago with this idea of that tree, that it's the roots that help us to expand. It's the roots that help us grow strong and everything. And so, so my hope and my prayer for us is that we get established in that, that we get rooted over the next couple weeks and we find out how that looks and what that looks like. So if you have been around me, you know that for me, the only words that matter this morning are these words. Uh, it's something we believe this church, that this is the only authority I have to speak. This is the only um, reason I, <laughs> he, he's, he's going for it. <laughs> it happens, almost. <laughs> By the way, I just want you to know, in heaven, God's saying that's music to my ears whenever there's a kid in church. <laughs> so that never, ever bothers me at all and stuff. Because I, I love it that kids are here and everything. But anyway, these words are the only words that matter. It's the only authority I have to speak. It's the only reason that we can be a church. And so I'm going to ask you, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 17. If you don't have them, we have them kind of littered around. If you've misplaced yours, you don't have one, take one of ours. Put your name in it. It's a gift to you. If you would rather use Wi-Fi because turning pages are just too hard for your finger. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, dear. I like my tablet, too. Um, We have a Wi-Fi here. It says GBC Guest. Just type in Find More in all lower caps. But I'm going to ask, out of acknowledgement of the authority of these words and the power of these words, if you will just stand with me (coughs) as we open God's word this morning. In John 17, starting in verse 1, John writes these words. Jesus spoke these things, looked to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. Since you gave him authority over all flesh so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? God, I just thank you this morning. God, for the privilege of gathering. God, of being able to come into this place with your people 
in your presence. And I thank you that we don't have to ask you to join us. Um, we don't have to beg for your presence because you were here long before we ever got here, God. God, as a matter of fact, you don't need us. God, you don't need us to sing songs. You definitely don't need me to preach. But you invite us into your presence, God. And because of that, we should be changed. God, that's my prayer this morning, that we are different because we came into your presence today. God, I pray all these words that I've spoken today are your words, not mine. God, that you would meet us right where we're at, God, and then move us from there. Father, that you would encourage us, that you would convict us, that you would change us this morning. That we would be different as we walk out the doors. Father, I pray for ears to hear, for hearts to respond. God, and the courage to live it out. Lord, whatever needs to happen this morning, whatever needs to be dealt with, God, let it be dealt with now, this morning. God, let us not put it off. But, Father, we ask that you have your way. God, and whatever happens, Father, may it be done in such a way that you're the only one that gets credit and you're the only one that gets the glory for it. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There we go. So, yeah, as I said in the beginning, it's this idea of being rooted deep. And, and there's a prayer in the Bible that this is my prayer for you during this entire series, whether this is the only Sunday you're going to hear it in your vacation, you're going to be gone. And we love that, by the way. We love that every weekend there's somebody that's vacationing and they find us. There's this little tiny church that's only been around for four and a half years sitting in this little shopping center off the main road. People find us all the time. And so we are excited when we see people, even if it's one time, sometimes because I know that these words never come back void. And if it's one time, it's one time. And so I'm excited, but, but man, we, we've got to get in this idea that our faith is more than just coming here, listening to a sermon, and singing some songs. Um, that, that's what we've made. You know, in, in the Bible, the word church is not really in the Bible. The word is ecclesia. It's a gathering of people. God set apart people. It's not, the word church is kirche. It's a German word for building and stuff. And I think we've lost the idea of what it means to actually live out our faith. And that only happens when we're rooted in, in our faith. And so pop over to Ephesians 3. And you heard this earlier. Today, China read this. And this is my prayer. And hopefully this is our prayer for each other. As we go through the series, but listen to as Paul's praying to the church in Ephesus. He says, this is what I want for you. And sorry, in verse 16, Paul writes this. He says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height, and depth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the goal. That's what my hope is for me. That's my hope for you. That we all get to this place where, man, there's no doubt about our faith. No one's going to shake it. We may face turmoil. We may face tragedy. We may face trial. But it doesn't matter that our faith is going to be firm because it's rooted deep in the love. I love that Paul mentions a couple of things. One, strengthened in power. I don't think there's anyone more powerful on this planet, more able to bring change than those who are truly following Christ, that is a disciple of Christ. 
And I've been around a long time doing this stuff. I've worked with all kinds of governmental agencies, and they're all good. I've done mentoring programs and everything, but it is the gospel that changes lives. It's not some program that some government or some group thinks of putting together. It is powerful. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to change it. It has been the same for over 2,000 years, and it has always worked. That is powerful, and I want us to understand that we are called to be strengthened in power. We're called to be rooted in love. One of the greatest needs, one of the greatest things that people are looking for is the idea that says, am I loved? Am I lovable? And according to this, it is a resounding yes. There is no one too far, too gone that isn't loved by God. And to be rooted in that. One of the very most basic needs that we have in our existence is that, to know that we're loved and to be rooted in a love that can never be changed. I mean, isn't what Paul said, that not height nor depth nor, nor tribulation nor demons nor angels nor anything can separate us from the love of God. Amen. Those roots are founded deep, and I want us to experience that and know that, and then filled with all fullness. There are so many people walking around saying, what's my purpose in life? What am I supposed to do? What, I feel like I'm missing something. See, I believe with all my heart this morning that God has put a space in your heart and in my heart and in our lives that he's the only one that fits. And the only time we feel full, the only time we feel purposeful, the only time we feel complete is when God is in that space. And so that's what we're going to be doing on this journey for the next six weeks about just going around and doing it. And so for us this morning, it all starts with a simple thing. It all starts with just knowing God. Just knowing God and what that looks like. So turn back to John 17. We're going to be sitting there the rest of the morning and there. But let's let's turn back there. I want you, you don't have to shout out, but why did Jesus come? If you want to shout out, you can. That's kind of cool. That'd be really good. Why did Jesus come? What? Okay, I like that. Anything else? Give life. Give life? You cheater. <laughs> Pastor wife sees the notes. She's not supposed to. It's, it's, it is. Look at verse 2. Why Christ, why Christ came, what it's all about in 17.2. Look what he says. Since you gave him authority, speaking of himself, over all flesh, so that he may give eternal life. To everyone you have given him. Jesus came so that we could have eternal life. The problem is, is I don't think we understand that. See, I think many of us that are in church today, many of us have grown up in the church and been around church. We think that the Christian faith is about heaven and hell. Jesus came just to forgive my sins. That was part of it but the goal and the reason he came was to give eternal life and that starts now Isn't that good news you don't have to wait to die to experience eternal life that that life that christ gives us this is why he came this is why he went on the cross it's it says it's as much about the here and now as it is about the hereafter and the problem is, is there's too many Christians, there's too many churchgoers that are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. That that's all we're thinking about. That that's when I'll serve God. That's when I'll do stuff. That's when I'll know him and his presence and stuff. What I'm saying is that our Christian faith to be established and be rooted is we get to experience that right now. 
Jesus came to give us eternal life, and that eternal life begins right at this moment. Why wait for it? See, it's, it's when I was a kid, uh, it was horrible, and, and none of you are allowed to talk to my sister today, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> she has stories and pictures and, and all this stuff. None of you are allowed because they're all lies. None of them are true. None of them are true. But I will confess this. When I was a kid, man, I, we, I loved Christmas. I still love Christmas. It's still like my favorite day. And yes, I love presents. So if you want to know, my love language is you giving me gifts. Okay, I just, <laughs> I just, I, I'm sorry. I like it and stuff. I always enjoyed birthdays and and everything. And I remember there was came a time where my mom, you know, passed later on. We figured out who Santa was and all this stuff and and, and everything and and all that stuff. I know we still know, but they started showing up early because my dad was like, oh, he's busy. You know, he got all the, he's going to drop them off early. And they'd be on the tree, and it was torture <laughs> it was horrible because all of us would look under like that one's mine <laughs> that my name's on that one my oh that one's mine too mine's bigger and it got really ugly in my household <laughs> for a little bit because it became a competition i remember one year i was like she didn't put any names on them <laughs> and me being the the blessed little angel child i was was looked at my mom and said i didn't get nothing all I wanted was a racetrack. I didn't do that. I like that. My mom's finally like, here, open this one. Because <laughs> I couldn't wait. I think our faith's like that sometimes, too. I think sometimes we're like, okay, I've made a decision. I've asked Jesus into my life. I pray. I go to church. I sing some songs. Oh, I can't wait till heaven when I can really experience it. Isn't that sad? Dang, Jesus came to give us life. I mean, matter of fact, that's the most common verse, that first one that we probably all memorize. Look, it says, for God loved the world in this way. He gave his only one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's why he came. And it's not delayed, y'all. It's that we start experiencing that now. I just, I don't get it. I understand life is hard, and, and we face struggles, and we face trials, and we face, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I don't understand people that say I'm a follower of Jesus that walk around with their faces all, got another election. Everything's just going to go hell in a handbasket. That's all. That's just it. That's it. Lord, come back and just wipe them all out. <laughs> I know these people. Have you met these people? I work with some of these people. <laughs> Not a universal in the church. I'm just telling you. <laughs> universal, they're like, I don't care, whatever, you know. But, but I mean, I don't, I don't understand that he came to give us life. And the problem is that I think we're defining life as being happy. How many people do you know that I define, I'm truly alive when I'm happy? Can I tell you a little secret? Jesus never promised you to be happy. Happy is based on our circumstances. What Jesus promises is joy. And that's so much better. It's not about just being happy, you know. And, and if, you, if you don't think that, you're like, oh, that's not me. How many of you have ever felt that God owes you something? Don't raise your hand. 
because he's in there. No, not me. God owes me nothing. I'm King Jameth. <laughs> I'm holier than thoueth ever. <laughs> Remember the King James? That's how I learned to preach like to kids. That was really fun. Oh, Lordeth, thoueth art the greatest thingeth ever. <laughs> Sound like Sylvester or something. But, <laughs> but let me ask you something. Have you ever sat with God? Have you ever been in like your car and that tire blew? And you're like, God, I go to church all the time. What's this going on for? God, I've been praying for this for so long. Why? You know, I'm doing what you want me to do. Why? Is it, it's this idea that God owes us. Does God owe us anything? No. We treat God like he owes us things, and it's not about that. There's this whole little thing going on. It's been happening for the last, like, 15, 20 years about this. Like, if you trust Jesus, your life is going to go smooth and wonderful. <laughs> Can I tell you something? If you trust Jesus, it's going to get harder. And any pastor that stands up for me in any church that sits there and says, just trust Jesus and everything will go smooth if you just have enough faith, you find the biggest King James Bible you can and throw it at them because they're lying to you. Because my Jesus actually said, in this world you will have trouble. But, thanks be to God, I've overcome the world. We can face the trouble. We can do it. So it's not about being heavy. It's not about being having everything we want and, and everything going smoothly because those are lies. Those are lies of the thief. In fact, that later on in John 10, 10, Jesus says this. He says, a thief comes only steal, kill, and destroy. Everything that's not of me, everything that's not of this world, not of these words, Anything that doesn't match up to this is a thief that's come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all they do. That's what sin does. That's its purpose. That's all it does. It steals, it kills, and it destroys. Well, what did Jesus say? I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. That's right now, y'all. Eternal life begins right now. So what's eternal life? If it starts right now, what, what's eternal life? It's very simple. Eternal life. It's not that simple. <laughs> Try it again. There it is. Eternal life is simply knowing God. Look at verse 3. Jesus even says this very plainly. If you, if, I'll read it slow so everyone gets it and stuff. I want you to hear this. In verse 3 in chapter 17, Jesus says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. Eternal life is us knowing God. Listen, y'all, it's not about a destination. It's about a relationship. Heaven is a fringe benefit. The true thing is knowing God. That's where we get started. That's where we get established. And can I tell you something? There's a difference in knowing and trusting. There's a difference in knowing about and trusting him. Because there's a lot of people that know all about Jesus. And my Bible says one day they're going to stand before him. And he's going to say, but Lord, we did this in your name. We did this in your name. We did this in your name. And he's going to say, but I never knew you. It has got to transfer from here to here. It has to. See, knowing is educational. <coughs> Trusting is relational. 
And that's what this is about. It's about a relationship. That's what God desires. That's what he created us in the first place for, is that relationship. It's not just about knowing some interesting facts. I know people that have been to school. They know Greek. They know Hebrew. They know all this stuff, and they know nothing really about who Jesus is. We have got to get my old youth pastor years ago. He says some people are going to miss heaven. What is it? Twelve inches are going to miss heaven by 12 inches. The distance from your brain to your heart. I know kids when I did youth ministry, they're like, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. My parents are Christians. I'm American. I'm a Christian. <laughs> you know, I go to church. I'm a Christian. And they know everything, but it's never taken seat in here. See, it's about us trusting him with everything it's about trusting that he did what he said he did he's going to do what he said he's going to do it's trusting it's believing that even when the world says everything else is going crazy everything else is wrong and this is how it is and and we've got scientific proof for this and we got scientific and this and that all that stuff it doesn't matter it's about trusting because i'm going to tell you there are things about god that i don't understand <laughs> a couple of weeks ago we were in nebraska i was talking to a bunch of what uh fifth Fifth and sixth graders, about 150 fifth and sixth graders. And every day I'd say, hey, we're going to have a Q&A time. You can ask me anything. Fifth and sixth graders came in and says, can you explain the Trinity to me? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I sat there going, no. <laughs> I just know it is. Can you ask, where, where did God come from? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> He always has been. He always will be. There are things that I don't know about God, and that excites me because let me tell you something. If I can explain everything there is to know about God in my finite little tiny brain, that is too small of a God for me to give my life to and trust. We get the rest of eternity to learn everything there is to know about God, and can I tell you, it's not enough time. God is infinite. God is great. And so we have got to go from just knowing and trusting, and that is that relationship. It's got to move from something I practice to someone I hang out with. I, I, I love this. Jesus said himself in John 15, 15, he says, I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. Because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. Isn't that awesome? The creator of everything looks at you and says, you're my friend. There's that old song we used to always sing, I'm a friend of God, I'm a friend of God. We had a lady in our church one time says, y'all need to stop singing that. Because I'm not God's friend. I'm like, then we need to talk. Because <laughs> Jesus says, if you know him, you are. It's, it's a relationship. Now, I'm not taking any way. There needs to be awe. I love, we don't talk enough about the fear of God. That there needs to be a respect. We need to know from the very beginning, he's God, we're not. But it is about a relationship. See, the greatest thing that you can do in your life is not about, I'm getting mad at this thing. There we go. The greatest thing you can do in, in, in your life is not what you do, not what you've accomplished. The greatest thing in your life is can be knowing God. 
think about this. The greatest thing David ever did in the Bible was not kill Goliath. The greatest thing David ever did was know God. The greatest thing Moses ever did was not split that Red Sea. The greatest thing Moses ever did was know God and be called a friend of God. The greatest thing Peter ever did, even though he probably bragged about it for the rest of his life, walking on water, he's like, hey, I did it. I walked on water. You also sunk a little bit, but at least you got out of the boat. But the greatest thing Peter did was not that or healing people. It was knowing God. It is the greatest thing that we can do. It's about that. And it's not just about the afterlife. It's about living it right now. Knowing God right now. I want you to think about this. Heaven is heaven because God is there. How many have heard like one day we have the streets of gold and the pearly gates and there are gems all over the walls and it's beautiful. You know, there are some people like I can't wait to get to heaven because then I'm going to get rich. I get a big mansion. I get all this stuff. And we think about that. That's not what makes heaven heaven. Heaven is heaven because God's there. Think about this for a minute. The streets are paved with gold. Why? Because it's useless up there. It's pavement. Because the things that we think have value are irrelevant. The only thing that has value is God. So literally, if God shows up in four corners, Florida, in this little place with all the mess and everything that's going on, this is heaven. Because God's here. All the other stuff is just like, wow, cool. You ever think about it? Gold is pavement. That we're just going to walk all over because it's not important anymore. Because it's about a relationship. See, too many times we, we start trusting the blessing or an outcome we want instead of the one that blesses or brings the outcome. There's a guy named um, David Tenney. Um, he's big in the, he was very large in the Pentecostal movement and everything. Outstanding. I love his books. But he would talk about this idea that we have fallen more in love than, with the gifts than the giver of gifts. And there's a problem there. See, everything that you and I are given is from him for him. It's for his glory, not ours. It, it's all about God. Not his stuff. <laughs> we need to stop treating God like he's a 24-hour Walmart. I'm out of this. God, I need this. I need that. I need that. God knows what you need, and it's okay to pray those things. God, this is my desire. We've been praying, I don't know how many years, to buy a house again. We're still praying for it because we're waiting, and we're trying to see. Maybe God, but in that prayer, we're sitting there going, God, can this be a place of ministry? Can this be a place of blessing? Can this be? Because we just want something that's used for that. And if, and if the only thing that's going to be used for your glory is a trailer on the back lot of someplace, then okay, sorry. That's where <laughs> whatever brings you the most glory, God. Whatever brings the most fruit in your kingdom, whatever furthers your kingdom, that's what I want. That's what happens when we understand it's a relationship and not about his stuff, that it's about God, and it's not about the things he can do for us. It's a relationship. Isn't that awesome? 
Knowing God. We've gone from, we start with knowing God. We start with knowing God is a relationship with him. Or we start with knowing God is, is oh, I'm getting so excited. It's the, is we start with eternal life. Eternal life is knowing God. Knowing God is about a relationship with him. It's about walking and talking with him. It's about sharing my day with him. It's about communicating back and forth. I've never understood this. We look at every relationship the same way except ours with God. You ever notice that? We've been married 30 years. If we got married on the day she said, I do, and I say, I do, and it's like, okay, cool. Hey, I'm only going to talk to you on Sundays. <laughs> We're only going to go on a date night once every, like, seven years. Jubilee, you know, or something. You know, we're we're only going to do this. We're only going to do that every so often. Do you think we would last? If you have a friend and you never communicate, you never talk to him, you're never listening to him. That's the other problem. <laughs> we love to talk to God. We don't always like to listen. Is that relationship? Why do we make that relationship different? God is the creator, the inventor, the sustainer of relationships. He's the perfect example of a relationship. He has always been in relationship. That's why we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. A perfect community of relationship. And he put that in us. That's why you've never seen a happy hermit. We need to be around other people. We want to be in relationship. So if we need it there, how much more do we need that in our walk with Christ? It has to be a relationship. It's communication back and forth, talking and listening. And over the next few weeks, we're going we're to talk about it. In fact, next week, we're going to talk about how do I listen to God? Not to give you a spoiler, but half the time, it's just shutting up. <laughs> just being quiet and still long enough for God to speak. But it's about this relationship, and we have to get it Right, we want to see what this looks like. Because if we get that right, we will live it out there. I, I know this for a fact. If you get a taste of what a full-on relationship with God is, you're going to want it everywhere you go. Whether at work, whether in your neighborhood, wherever, you're going to want that relationship wherever you go. It's fun. I love it. Um, J.I. Packer, great theologian. He said this, he says, what makes life worthwhile is having a big enough objective, something which catches our imagination and lays hold of our allegiance. And this the Christian has in a way that no other person has. For what higher, more exalted, and more compelling goal can there be than to know God? Every morning his mercies are new. Every time I read John 3.16, I hear something new. I find out something new. Every day I walk out in faith, I find something new. That relationship never gets old because I'm always learning new stuff about God. Isn't that amazing? If you're breathing, if you have a pulse, God still has things to show you. God still has things for you to do. I love this. The only retirement in the Bible is absent from the body, present with the Lord. <laughs> That's it. We continue to grow. And for the rest of eternity, we're going to be learning things and more and more and more about God. Isn't that awesome? That's what being established 
is. What higher, what more exalted, more compelling goal can there be than to know God? And if we get that hunger, I got to tell you, that's catchy. That's what they're waiting for out there. They want to see, is this really worthwhile? Is there really change? Is there really transformation? Is there really a difference in your life, in the way that you face issues, that you face struggles? Is there a difference in the way? I love it when things are going crazy at work and people are going, like, everything's nuts and they're moving all people over. We're in this huge, if you don't know, I work at Universal. Um, I am now a training sergeant, which is kind of cool. I get to wear normal clothes and a little gold badge, and it's really cool. So when I stop at gas station with the gold badge, they're all like, oh, sir, go right ahead. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I don't abuse that at all. (laughs) But I I, I love it. But we are in this huge transition where they're moving people around, and people are mad, and all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. I was there last night testing some new officers and getting them ready, and they're like, well, what if they move me here? What if they move me there? And says, you're going to go where we need you the most. Just enjoy it. You're working at a theme park. <laughs> you get to use your ID and come in here anytime that you want to. Like, I'm, my birthday this past year, we did one thing. We went and rode King Kong. <laughs> I was like, here, thank you. I just want to touch his face. They won't let me touch his face. I don't know why, but, I mean, you enjoy that. And people ask me, how can you deal with all this? Because I'm going to go where I'm best needed. Church, you know I pray every day. God, if I'm in the way of what you're doing at Grace Baptist at this church, then I want to be moved. Because I want to be where I am the most use of you. And it doesn't matter where that is. Because I trust him. Because I know him. And I have a relationship with him. He's never let me down. Not one time has he ever let me down. His timing's a little different than mine. <laughs> and it may not be when I want it or exactly how I want it. But he has never let me down. And I know that because I'm rooted. I'm established in him. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me that we would grow in that. Once again, let me read this to you. In Ephesians 3. I pray. Let me back up to 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. The one that is higher than all, the one that is greater than all, the one that is bigger than my burdens, greater than my needs, the one that is in control of it all, the sovereign God. I kneel before him and I pray that he may grant you and that he may grant me according to his riches of his glory. I love that. According to his riches, God's bank account never runs dry. That's why we do what we do. I don't pass an offering plate because I don't feel anyone ever feel obligated to give. I think it's an act of worship. I think you respond to how God has blessed you by being a blessing to someone else. And we do tithes and offer that way because I don't think God is ever going like, ooh, money's kind of short. How'd the offering go this week? Because my father owns everything already. But it's according to his riches, which are immeasurable 
to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. There is nowhere you can go that God's not. His spirit dwells with you. If you are a follower of Christ this morning, if you are a disciple of Christ, wherever you go, God is there also. No place you can go in the entire universe that God won't be with you. And he will strengthen you to face whatever you need to face. You know, that whole thing, well, God's not going to put me through more than I can handle. You're absolutely right, but the difference is, is God knows how much we can handle. We don't. And when you think you're at the end, God says, no, you got a little bit more. Because if he didn't, he would have stopped it. But that strength, be strengthened with your power and inner being, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Every one of you did faith today. You came in. No one checked a chair. You sat right down. We live by faith every single day. People that say, you can't live by faith. You do it every single day. You get out of bed. You step on that floor, and you're hoping that it doesn't give way, and a, and a hole opens up. That's faith. We live in Florida. We are sinkhole heaven. <laughs> we don't know. I drive on I-4 every day. That is an act of faith every moment. <laughs> Someone said, Preach. <laughs> I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love. You want to know why God did everything that he did in the scripture? It's very simple. The most profound thing, and we read it earlier, for God so loved. Everything was done because he loved. And to know, let me see, to be established in love. Rooted and firmly established. May we be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, the depth of God's love. You're never going to be able to measure it. It's that big. It's that great. It's that perfect. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Do you understand this morning that there's nothing you've ever done that can make God you love you less? There's nothing you'll ever do to make God love you more. You are already right now at this instance perfectly, completely, and totally loved. My prayer is that we would know God and be rooted in that love. Because that kind of love conquers everything out there. That kind of love was so strong that not even death could hold Jesus in a grave. That's the love we're talking about. And to be established in that means it doesn't matter what they do out there. We are safe. We are secure. We are world changers because we are established. That's my prayer for you, for me, and for everyone else in this community, that they would know that. Let's pray.